all-new, crisp, cool, refreshing Cano Tambos. A complete affordable library of tambourine loops from 50 to 154 beats per minute. Pop the top and add instant life and dynamics to any mix. Used by the top producers, engineers, and recording artists of today. Simply drag and drop. With multiple bit depths and sample rates to choose from, you'll never have to record another tambourine again. Visit canotambos.com. That's C-A-N-O-T-A-M-B-O-S.com and enter promo code Turned Up. One word, Turned Up, for 20% off. Cano Tambos. This is the continuation of the Christian music industry. Listen, if you haven't heard part one yet, stop right now. Go back. You're not going to want to miss out on everything that we said there. It's really interesting, really hilarious, uh, and really sets the foundation for everything that we're going to be talking about in this episode. So if you haven't heard it, go back, listen to part one. If you have, thank you, because you're just awesome. Anyway, I'm going to shut up. Enjoy the episode. Broadcasting from Nashville, Tennessee, offering a glimpse inside the music industry, shedding light on things they don't want you to know, and exposing some of the industry's biggest secrets. You're listening to the Turned Up Podcast, presented by Real Sound Productions. Here are your hosts, Jake Jones and Robert Venable. Here we are. We just talked about this list of of musicians. Some of these bands I would confidently call Christian bands. Some of them I would never call Christian bands or artists. Yeah. Um... But what actually makes a band or an artist, quote, Christian? Well, before we started recording this podcast, we were doing a little bit of research, and there was an article, Jake, that you found, and I hope that you can pull that up and maybe maybe uh, quote some of it, but it was on uh, ask.com or something? It, it was on gotquestions.org. Gotquestions.org. Okay, fine. The question posed in this article is, when can music be considered Christian music? The answer? Unfortunately, there is no universal definition of what specific qualities a song must have to be considered a Christian song. That's very true. Here are some opinions. So gentlemen in this room uh, and, and you sitting at home or driving or whatever you're doing, uh, here, here are some opinions on what makes a Christian song Christian. Great. One, the lyrics must reflect biblical truth. The song lyrics must directly praise God or Jesus. The song must mention God or Jesus. Okay, pause. Only if you're trying to get to the top of like, you know, the AC chart. Well, I, <laughs> I have to stop you there. Uh, so I've worked with a lot of, I don't know if you want to call them Christian bands in the Christian music industry. Um, maybe they aren't according to this list because a lot of times there are people who will only listen to certain genres of music. And when they hear the term Christian music, they're turned off immediately by it. So. As a producer, a lot of times I'm trying to produce songs that reach that, that market where I want them to hear a rock song that they can relate to that doesn't sing about drugs and sex and satanic stuff and uh, killing people. I don't know, like, but, but has more of a positive spin on things and more sneaking, sneaking the Christianity part into it, like working its way into to that, to those ears. So you use the word sneaking. Well, yeah. It's, I mean, that sounds a little bait and switchy. Kind of. It could be. Um, I, I, I just think as a Christian, as a believer, I'm called to spread the word of God. Okay. That's just, just this is me, one person in the room. Um, you guys probably have similar stories or similar callings. Um, but I've been giving a ta- given a talent to produce music and that's my platform. So if I can take people's music and make it reach more people who aren't scared of or who are scared of 
Christian music or religious music or Jesus as a whole. And I can put this music on multiple formats of radio stations and get it into CDs or compilations of different genres of music or playlists that reach more people. Then I'm going to take that platform and do it. Um, and there's a term I like to use in the studio called JPMs. Uh, Jesus is per minute. <laughs> and so it raises JPM right now. When you're blasting through a hard rock song and then it depends on how it's delivered. The word Jesus kind of hits someone sometimes a different way where they're like, okay, never mind. Nope. I don't want to hear this anymore. Um, but if you can talk about even the word savior, I think is better, um, harder word sometimes not better. It's not a better word. It's a different word. Um, that might be more accepted in, in general markets and fall on ears a little softer than the word Jesus. I, I just feel like sometimes you can preach to the choir with music. You can you can put the church songs out there for the church to sing. That makes sense. I, but you can also put in, you know. I, yeah, I, know. I I think I would, I don't know, I would not disagree, but I would deviate a little bit from, I, I think that really, really great art speaks for itself. And I, I think an artist that is mature, that is trying to share a view or just a a piece of artwork, a song, um, it it will transcend the any kind of barriers or cheese factor if it's inspired and it's by a true artist. And I, I personally think there was such a lack of really really good art that in you know in the Christian market there was just a massive influx of clone bands and <laughs> right. that were they were trying to fill a market share, but there was uh, there was a lack. They didn't really cultivate um, an ethic of art that left a, a massive void. You know, we were talking about Pillar earlier. Their music is good and it transcends the cheese factor and they're very outspoken about the, you know, their faith in the songs, but that, that music would hold up to anything at the time or even now, like the, you know, some of the Christian rock bands that are trying to do the thing that they haven't, there's a lot of bands out there that haven't even achieved a level of talent and song um, structure and capability that right. a band like that had even years ago. So there's a void in that respect. Um, I think that anytime, like the gospel is offensive. So to some people and to some people, they, it's not, and they want to hear it all the time. Right. And there could be different levels in between, but the artwork, um, speaks for itself. And I also come back to the, the worship, what's happening in worship right now fascinates me because I, I started in the church. I, I really learned how to play in church. I didn't know I was a metal guy. I love Pantera. Yeah. I love the metal zone <laughs> turned all the way up, man. Turn them the mids all the way down. You got to get the bass up, brother. You got to turn the treble all the way up. I you got to get type. a Jackson soloist Reaper neck or maybe, a, you know, like that Washburn that Dimebag was playing. That oh, thing was... Dude, I got my Southern accent going because it's a Southern rock kind of vibe, that yeah. aggressive thing. But, I, you know, I was into that. Uh, and I got saved and I, I started discovering Christian music, but then I also started going to church and I wanted to share my gifts in church and I wanted to, you know, I wanted to do it well and learn and started to realize that like there, there's something to that. Um, and I'm, I'm seeing the artists now that there, there's something that's happening in the CCM world where it's kind of declining. It's like diminishing that, that whole like corporate, let's try to package some stuff. Cause you know, just people want to hear this. Uh, Becky wants to drive home from soccer and, she needs something encouraging. There's definitely, you know, there's room for that. But the churches right now are doing some really, really good stuff, man. Like the Elevation Worship. I've been playing some of that. Um, those are amazing songs. There are great songs. Amazing. In the and the production scene, right? is incredible. There's a there's an instrumental album um, by Bethel, the Synesthesia album. It's just a, it's all instrumental. 
I don't know who composed that. I probably should because I listen to it all the time. It's genius. It's genius level stuff. It's instrumental. That means it's not Christian, right? It, well, yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. It's not Christian. Well, it, I love something that you said, which is that if the good artistry transcends really kind of any sort of subject matter, I mean, you could almost sing about anything. If the song is amazing, the song is amazing. And we, we see that some, even in, in our top 40 uh, it's it's happened throughout history. I mean, we could do a whole podcast on we did like that song doesn't mean what you think it means, right? Yeah. Um, we could. I mean, we could do another whole podcast just on like songs that are so good that you had no idea that he's talking about sure murdering his wife and and putting her in the trunk because it's just such a good song and it's like wait that's what that song is about and what I think that we have seen uh, in the last couple of decades as Christian music has kind of declined in terms of sales and and market um, is is it started off as a very kind of wholesome, pure thing. You've got, uh, Cademan's call, Natalie Grant. Natalie Grant was the first Christian artist to ever go platinum. Um, they were just making good music. And, and the thing you hear with bands like that or artists like that is, Oh, I didn't know that they were Christian because our culture has, has delineated. They've, they've separated Christian music from regular music and have put a certain standard on Christian music that, in my opinion, is much lower than non-Christian, yeah. general market, whatever you want to call it, mainstream music, which is unfortunate. But but the problem is the industry saw, oh, people are buying this Natalie Grant record. They obviously like Christian music. How can we put a whole bunch of it out as quickly as possible to make as much money as possible? And it's, Let's compromise the artistry. Yeah, supply and demand. Let's let's rip off other bands or just figure out a way to kind of throw something together really sure. quick. And we'll just throw Jesus in it. And there was a boom for a while where a lot of people who were not Christians, they're Jewish people, atheists alike, that are producers and engineers or label execs in the industry who jumped over into the Christian like, market because they saw dollar signs. Yeah, there's a, there's a little... V- like vodcast docudrama right now that some guys that were a part of that whole thing are, are putting out right now. Right. <laughs> uh, I, I can't remember the name. I, I probably conveniently forgot that. But conveniently. I'm I remember. Do you want me to say it? Or you oh, my God. I don't know if I want to plug them. Probably right, not. Well, yes, yeah, it's, plug it. it doesn't matter to me um, right now. But the thing is, the uh, it, what you said, it's just so perfect, like the artistry and, and what you're seeing in some of, the, some of the worship music that's coming out. Worship music the, meaning yeah. music that is written with the intention of singing along to it uh, in an act of worship to God, uh, whether that's in a church as it typically is or, yeah. or at home or whatever meditation, the, the purpose of the music is listen to the words, sing them either out loud or to yourself or whatever. But the artistry there is growing. Well, the church is doing it right. And they go with the CCLI and the way that they license the music and they let people in churches use it and provide, um, you know, the arrangements and the, the, the score and the guitar parts and videos and things and the way that they're able to generate revenue for the songwriters that are doing it, they're doing it the right way. And they, I'm actually pretty excited that the church has figured that out and everybody else, even in the mainstream hasn't really figured that out yet. Right. Um, and that's encouraging, but yeah, it's a shame that with like Christian rock and you know, the genre that we're, we're talking about that we're, we're a part of they, yeah, it was, it was not stewarded well. And so it left a lot of questions in a massive void. I mean, I mean, even having worked in the industry, toured in the industry, recorded in the industry, it, I don't, I don't know so much maybe like right this moment, but I know for a while it has been a, a, a running joke, just 
Christian music in general, especially Christian rock. Cause it's all just kind of the same thing recycled over and over again. You know, I can, I, I remember you even saying like, I could, I could literally just like play a couple of chords, record it and it would go number one. Um, because the, the standard for a while there was so low, um, to get in. And a lot of artists weren't Christian yeah, Christians. They weren't writing Christian music. They would just, they knew that if there was some way they could infiltrate the Christian market, that would grow their fan base enough that they could launch into, yeah. into mainstream music. And I think we're seeing today that that doesn't really work. As no, well. it doesn't work anymore because people want quality. Yep. And I think whether, you know, we have a story about this, but whether you're Christian or not, authenticity wins talent and, and artistry wins. Um, and, uh, you know, in our previous band, we had a song called I Stand. I Stand. And it's actually the song that got me into the band, literally. Yeah, me too. They sent me the song and said, learn this, record yourself playing it, send it back. We want to know if you can play this. And I did. I played it and, and it was, you know, it was cool. I love the song. Uh, and it was my favorite song when I joined the band and we did it live. We did it on Winter Jam, um, a big arena tour. Uh, for three months, we toured the country and played all the biggest arenas. Uh, to sold out crowds. And one of the songs we played was I stand. It was a crowd favorite. Everybody loved it because the, the song said, uh, and it was written by Justin Cordell. Um, the song said, I, you know, there was even a line in there that said, I don't care what you think. I don't care what you say. Um, Jesus alone is the only way that might not be the exact line, but, but that's the point of the song is I'm going to like, Jesus is God. I believe it. You can't change my mind. And, and I'm, you know, I will die on this mountain. Yeah, this is the, this is the mountain we're going to die on. And to whether you're a Christian or not a Christian, the fact that you're just simply saying, I don't care what you think. This is what I believe. And you will never change my mind actually says something, especially in rock. Um, but what's the story? We, we were in the studio in 2012 yeah, recording we, the songs. You know, we knew it had to go on the album. People loved it. Obviously. Yeah. This is a sensitive topic. And you know, if we end up in a courtroom after talking about this you'll know why but <laughs> the names and locations um, that's all about podcasts though. that's what we do i'm not maybe you guys could mask my voice right now and give me right, a little filter let's for, disguise for the justin sake of this voice. commentary the the justin is now disguised so, so this is not Dan. me anymore this is somebody else it's posing Dan. as me no um yeah we were in the studio and the song was ready to be tracked i think we made some tweaks on the arrangement and then they started talking about the lyrics uh and it was the the weirdest thing because th- Okay. So there's four people, right? There's yeah, four people there's four that are involved. People involved. So two of the people that are, so these are outside of the band is what I mean. Um, there are actually, there were more, there were five people. Yeah. Um, and uh, outside of the band, but, but we're directly influencing the record. Uh, and they had a good reason to, they were part of our team, uh, people that we trusted. One of them was just straight up an atheist. Two of them were non-practicing Jews. Um, and you know, uh, definitely not on the Jesus train. And then two of them were very dedicated, wonderful human beings, Christians, uh, Christian men, and something very ironic happened. The the people that you would think would be all for the original lyrics with Jesus in it were very, very like, Hey, we need to, you know, this is probably something that we need to change. Um, feel like we're kind of preaching to the choir. It's kind of like, you know, uh, 
a big hooray for all the the red state people who you know like will rally around this kind of thing it might be off-putting it might help you know kind of hurt you guys and it comes to the overall you know reception of the album you might not get this song played or your album for that matter played on a lot of these big stations because of this and it being pretty divisive uh and but it was so strange because the people that you wouldn't expect to be supportive of it because it was so raw and what we believed in and, you know, like a mission statement were like, do it, put it in there. Um, and that came into, in the band, a, a split because, you know, if, I think it was half and half or I, I know I was definitely on the side of, Hey, let's leave it. And I was, I pushed really hard for that. That was, that was a really tough moment in the history of the band. They're like, Hey, okay. what So what are we doing right now? And, um, as you know, there are two different versions of the song, so we know who won that battle on the produced record side of things. Right. You can go on YouTube right now and you can find the original version of I Stand because the song had been recorded and never released by a different producer. That's the original lyrics. Yeah. That's what the song said. That's the song that everyone loved that we toured with. And then you can hear it on the album after we spent hundreds of thousands of dollars getting it produced in Hollywood and and, it, and as well, you know, so of course the irony being the, the Christian men were like, no, take Jesus out of it. Literally yeah. like the name, the word Jesus, remove it from the song. Yeah. Uh, and they had, they didn't have horrible reasons for it. No, they were I saying mean, you're a new some, band. Some you sense. have to earn the right to be able to be that outspoken and you haven't earned that right yet. And so you're going to get turned down by a lot of people. I think us kind of honing in on more of what the rock and roll spirit even is. Yeah, and I what thought it means. that was so stupid. It's like, wait a minute. No, no, no. The song itself yeah. is literally saying, I will never change this. And to change this song of all songs is the biggest <laughs> irony in the world. And then the oh, guys who don't believe in Jesus so at all saying, what are you doing? Like, this is who you are. This is as authentic as it gets. Yeah. Leave it in. And so the song came out on the record. It was never spoken of again. Yeah, other, and other it wasn't a people, single, and it probably never would have been a single. But you know, it would have been a rallying song. I'm sure it probably would have had that you know bolstering effect of the the right winger Christian, which is stupid. That's a stupid generalization because I love the song. You know, I'm I'm one of those people because I love Jesus, and so it just you know that that for me when I heard that song was the one that really solidified like this is the right thing for me to be in this band. Look up I stand. Yeah, by ESU, it was shocking. You'll hear the two you know, different versions. And so that you know that that started something I think that definitely really left a lot of our heads spinning. Yeah, it's I mean, and it's a that is a really great um, Microcosm. like representation. Yeah, yeah, of of what happens every day because that wasn't the only song that we had to go in and change. Um, you know, we were, our last episode was about record labels. We were unique in that we had two record labels working with us. We had uh, Atlantic Records doing everything on the mainstream side, mainstream rock radio, mainstream touring. But then we also had Word Records, both under, at the time, Warner uh, Entertainment Group. And and the so the Christian label actually had us, after the record was done, uh, they had Justin Cordell go back in and retract some lyrics. He had to do some rewrites because they felt like, well, for Christian radio, the lyrics need to say this. It needs to sound a little different. And then, like you said, for Christian radio, we need to, this song needs to have more acoustic guitar and less electric guitar. Um, so there's definitely a difference in in what Christian music fans want versus what... Sure. Has. And so we've got this list. So, oh, wait, real quick. Let me go back a few minutes um, just to clarify my stance on when I was talking about being a producer and keeping the JPMs to a minimum that's just that's just my method my way of producing that's sure. just my genre my yeah. style of it because i think that that there's a time and a place and there are tons of people who do great better job at producing the other stuff the high jpms the the worship music the ccm sure. stuff the amy yeah, grants 
being able to regulate and like, in a, the appropriate setting. That's just, I know what I like doing and that's my spot and that's where I like to aim my music. Um, and it's just the same reason I don't produce a lot of opera music. I sure. Just, that's just not what well, I do. And we, have, we have a song called At My Door that has Jesus in yeah, there. Yeah, It was not a cheese factor. It was just a very natural thing. Just, and, you know, it declared it yeah it's just it was appropriate for what it is because it, it just spoke about the song it's a kind of a, a dark or it's not a dark song but it is kind of a reflection later on and kind of ties into some of the things that i've gone through and over the years and just kind of getting cold and having to restoke the fire and being ready for god and being you know in all situations yeah. but also for when he comes back and yeah it was very appropriate. And I by no means, I just didn't want it to come across as like, yeah, no, I hear you. I didn't want to yeah. hide the word Jesus because no. the name of Jesus is, is huge. And that's something that I will, yeah. I will never say that I, I'm not standing behind. You well, know what I mean? and, and we, cause we need to talk more about that. And I, and I don't want to take up like too much time Okay, hit it. But, because I like, I like where you're going and actually ties in with the very next thing on this list here. Well, so this is it. the list from gotquestions.org. Number four, the song must be written for Christians and not as an evangelical tool. This is, this is, uh, I break all the rules. When can music be considered Christian music? Um, and That's really, I don't want to talk really. too much about it. I don't want to beat a dead horse here, but what I think you're talking about, Robert is music specifically written as an evangelical tool. If right. you're a Christian and you want people to hear your music and be positively impacted, whether that means coming to know Christ or just simply having a better day or deciding to no longer, you know, deciding to, to kick their addiction yeah. or not commit suicide, whatever it is, um, as, as Christian men and women, uh, some of us write music with that intention. We want to be a light right. to into the darkness, not necessarily, you know, again, what, what your point was, if, if I hear a song that's just talking about Jesus from the get go and I'm struggling with depression and I don't believe in God, that's not going to do anything for you. That song is not going to help me, but if I'm struggling with depression and I hear this song that's talking about depression and it inspires me to change my life, then all of a sudden that Christian songwriter on the other end has accomplished what they person, what their personal goal was as a songwriter and reached that person. So there's just two completely different kind of schools of sure. thought. Worship music is not written necessarily, although it can and does. Yeah. Its main focus is not to be a tool for evangelism, to reach out to someone who's not a Christian and to and to make them decide to be a Christian, although that that definitely happens. Yeah, that makes sense. It's, it's written for someone who is a Christian and yearns to worship God and and to love Him, um, whereas and express it in a different way or a new way. Yeah, some yeah. some music is is not written. But anyway, apparently, what you're saying, Robert, is not Christian music according to this list because it cannot be not, written yeah. as an evangelical tool. Dang number it. number five, uh, the lyrics must directly address God, not other people, or else it's not Christian music. I kind of get that. Number six, the song must be completely new, not a cover of a secular secular song. Well, I guess it can't be a Christian song if it's a secular song. Well, of course. Um, Number seven, of course, this entire list, this is a real list. You can find it on gotquestions.org. However, this list is absolutely (laughs) ridiculous. Um, Number seven, the song is designed to be played in church, not outside the church. So Christian music can't be played outside of church. So if I take a Christian song that's supposed to be played in the church and play it out like in the street. Well, it's not a Christian song anymore. It's not a Christian song anymore. It's not anymore. According to this list. How many songs have we ruined then doing that? (laughs) Number eight, the melody must be paramount and the rhythm subdued. So... I will say, uh, a lot of CCM, they do <laughs> adhere to this rule uh, quite well. Turn that vocal up. We talked about it a minute ago, yeah, um, for radio and stuff. N- number nine, the song must be written and performed by mature Christians only. If you just became a Christian within the last uh, 
six to 12 months or six to 12 years. Know your role and shut your mouth. You should not be making music. You need to stop making music right now. Um, Number 10, the men who sing the song must have short hair and the women who sing the song must have long hair or it is not a Christian song. So at this point, I guess we're just assuming this is a 58 year old. I'm out church organist who is writing this list apparently i'm out no idea i got the long although hair. i know some really cool 50 year old christian church organists um, yeah. who definitely would never write this who are laughing right now this is crazy was this written in the 60s I, who knows man um so there you have it uh the rest of this article says that there um there are several aspects of the song that influence its categorization as christian music but these qualifiers suggest almost as many problems as solutions uh, and many of them focus on everything except the message of the song. So this article is posted this list with the same intention as us reading it. It's it's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, no, that does not make uh, Christian music Christian. However, hi, this is Seth Mosley, and I got a huge announcement for all of you songwriters out there. These Song Chasers commercial songwriting courses now available, and you can get it for a special deal at turnedupodcast.com slash Seth, just like my name, S-E-T-H. This is a comprehensive course in commercial songwriting for anyone who wants to be a part of writing a hit song. Again, go over to turneduppodcast.com slash Seth. Everything you need to know about commercial songwriting, turneduppodcast.com slash Seth. I did, we we did kind of construct a few questions here. Um, So what really does make an artist Christian or or a band Christian? And when I mean Christian, I don't mean... I mean, like what puts them on the Christian billboard chart or in Christian music stores or, or on Christian radio. Yeah. So is it the members being Christians? Uh, I think that has to be part of it because if we know that there are bands that are definitely not, I mean, that are proclaiming to be not Christian at all, like setting themselves apart from that. And then they come out with a worship record. I don't know how much of that, would, what the motive is there. I mean, if they're still proclaiming, not if they got saved and did it, that's different. But what if they're like, you know, nah, we don't like God, but this is good music. So here, take it. I don't know. Do we call that Christian music? I don't know. Cause there, again, like there, there are definitely Christian teachers who would say that anything that is good is from God. What if that's like the whole false prophet thing too, though? That's like true. these people yeah. not knowing the in-depth workings of, of the Bible and then are all of a sudden putting out publications saying this is yeah, don't have a really yeah you don't want to be uh pretending to be a yeah scholar and something you know nothing about but then of course uh, we've got a band like papa roach who their singer and i possibly guitarist i can only say i know for sure their singer uh loves god very much um jacoby shaddix and uh you know but papa roach is not a christian band no, um sure you're not going to hear their music on any christian radio stations um so so i guess not <clears throat> their music has a lot of a lot of uh like Bad language, I suppose. I profane. say bad language. Pro, yeah, a lot of profanes in it. So maybe it's the lyrics that make sure. it Christian music. Well, again, going back to the same example, what about the the blatantly self proclaimed agnostic atheists, whatever, very not Christian centered band putting out Christian music and it's got Christian lyrics. Well, and we do know that actually that happens. They sneak it in. It yeah, happens. They, we were, but we were just talking about, you know, people using mm. the Christian market to, to get a leg up. It'd be um, uh, pretty hard pressed these days to try to use the Christian market to make <laughs> any financial gain. gains. I don't know what. <laughs> I mean, See, you're, you're confused, checks. brother. You're right. real confused. Ooh, I just got my statement in sixteen dollars this time. That's cool. Wow, that's like triple last time. Yeah. Which is not why we do it. 
We do it because we love the art, you know? This is true. So, and we love God, so we make music. So it's not lyrics, but but I will say to that point, you know, as we ascend, we are on the Christian rock billboard chart. Have been for over a year now. We're sold in Christian stores. Uh, we are not on, on the mainstream, uh, you know, top 40 chart or anything like that. Uh, but most of our songs don't talk about God or address God uh, directly at all. Um, yeah, there's some pretty dark subjects, you know, yeah, that are, but that are covered, talked about. We cover suicide and depression yeah. and addiction. Yeah, that's a, I think we walk a, a pretty fine line, with, you know. So where it's performed or played, is that what makes it Christian? So know. only playing for youth groups or at churches or Christian venues, whatever well, that may be. Yeah. Obviously, that's not the case. We've got bands like Red and Thousand for Crutch that, um, you know, we've toured with both of them. We've played a lot of bars and clubs and not Christian places at all. With Skillet, we played a lot of, a lot of we played with Shinedown and, and those guys not Christian venues, mostly not, not a Christian audience. Well, and I, I know we were talking about this earlier, but I will say that I, you know, and going forward with our project now being in the Christian market and, and doing the shows made sense just where we're at in life. But I mean, the, the Christian market, as far as touring and the festivals and, you know, just all the bands and, and the camaraderie that's still remaining is awesome. All the experiences I had with fans in the Christian market were—they were—they went beyond just uh, the professional. Like we're in a rock band, the fanfare and the screaming and the, the you know signing lines and all that kind of stuff. You know, bands aren't making a ton of money. We're not rock stars with the mystique and hiding out in the Netherlands for a year while we make an album and and then come <laughs> out and emerge and you know like some sort of we're just people, you know and. Yeah. That market has always been really good to us, and it was pretty wholesome. And there was never really any issues from that perspective, as far as yeah. you know. Like, uh, it, it was just a really, really good experience. So we have a lot of good involved with that you know, in, can, in the Christian industry. It can be tough sometimes being attached to to something like taking a belief, a faith, and then tagging its name onto any any sort of commercial product yeah. or, or, you know, version of something, especially when it comes to kind of the bad apple syndrome, right? Like when Britney Spears goes crazy and shaves her head because I'm old and that's like the first thing that popped in my head. Um, we don't look at all mainstream music and say, oh, it must all be bad and crazy because she, this one person did something crazy. But with Christian music, all of a sudden you hear about one band that did something horrible or one of their members did something, you know, illegal or, or whatever it is. And you, a lot of times we could be quick to, especially people who aren't Christians say, oh, the entire Christian music industry is corrupt. Yeah. Um, or you have the one label that's doing crappy things or you have yeah. this stupid documentary that that's oh, yeah. being made that they're literally selling all, themselves All these out. Christians are just so dumb that, you know, like they're, they're just eating it up and they're pumping it out there. Well, I mean, I don't, yeah, I don't buy that. I, I, there are a lot of really great people. Yeah. So the last thing, um, is it the intention or motive behind the music that makes it Christian music. It seems like after reading this list, it's a lot of it. It's a combination of all of it. Snoop Dogg just put out a gospel uh, record, yes, which did. topped the charts. Super loop. And <laughs> some people might question, um, you know, how does one picture on your Instagram, you holding a blunt um, the next one, you know, drop in F bombs. And then the next one is a picture of you holding a Bible. Like, where does this, I mean, it, yeah. this is a little deeper. We're a very confused people. We are. <laughs> it all goes back, I think, to my favorite thing 
that was said today, which is what Justin was talking about with, with the artistry. Yeah. The authenticity of it. Um, and I think it is what Christian music needs desperately. Um, no more sitting down and trying to write music to a market and rather just writing good music. And I think the entire Amen. music industry as a whole could, yeah. could, yeah. could you learn from that. But I, you know, it's, and I'm not trying to toot our own horn here. We, when we wrote our record, Farewell to Midnight, we had no intentions, none. We weren't sitting down to write a Christian rock album. We weren't writing songs for radio. Yeah. We weren't writing songs. Uh, you know, if, if there was any kind of motive or intention at all, we were writing songs for, for the people who had supported us. Um, but outside of that, our lyrical content, we weren't trying to say what will make them happy. Not at all. We just wrote what was on our hearts. We wrote what was, what was in our heads and what we felt like was the best art. Sure. And that was it. Yeah. And building on what we, we had before, you know, for me, this, this album was very, very personal and my proudest achievement, um, because it was all of us and there was nothing, it was just us. There's nothing else that was influencing what we were doing, not to take away from what we did in the past. Uh, you know, even working with the people that we did with the We As Human Project, Justin Cordell, a brilliant guy, um, you know, like very, very talented people. But it, the industry put this little filter over everything. And with this project, there wasn't. And there, you know, there is no money really to be made. This is just art. Um, and I think that, that that's not just something within our, our band. There's other groups out there that are catching wind of that. And it's starting to catch on. And there there's some... Things that are happening, I think, needs to to increase. There definitely needs to be more growth. Um, but if if it's you know a grassroots thing and it starts from the bottom, it could turn into something again. Well, and what you find, and and this is this is all it's always been this way. What you find when people are just making the art that they love, uh, two things happen: one, people enjoy it more; two, the artists are happy. You don't have as much addiction, drugs problems um you know a big a big problem is a band writes authentically their own music they they write an album or just a bunch of songs and they don't have a record deal they don't have a manager they're just doing what they do yeah and a label hears it signs them picks them up they get the big management deal the booking agent the record deal uh, they get their faces plastered all over everything and it's an amazing album and it sells a million copies. And then the label says, okay, boys do it again. And now the music becomes contrived. Now yeah. it's, now it's forced writing yeah. for something well, towards, towards a goal instead of just sure. writing. And, and yep. Time back into the, like the elevation church and what they're doing. I'm, I mean, I'm breaking down these arrangements cause I'm playing some of it in my church back home. Um, there's a lot of guitar parts there, you know, the kind of that stereotype of we, we don't need guitars. We need those turned down for the CCM pop thing. That's not happening in the church. You're getting this big orchestration with these big bands, multiple guitar players, tons of vocals, well-crafted songs. Um, and it's, it's not just like a little thing. If you go on, they're getting tens of millions of views on this stuff. Like this, mm-hmm. this is a big industry and it's, you know, I, I think it's an amazing thing. It's sacred. Um, I think the CCM, as far as rock and you know contemporary and all that, they need to take some notes and figure out like these guys have not only figured out how to profit from it in a good way and and keep track of the royalties, 
but they've also found an audience and you know it's worship so it's an amazing experience and our art is a little different than that and we like more aggressive stuff but the people's hearts are still the same um i think that that needs that that craftsmanship needs to happen and it'll come out of the church again just like it did it before you know and not in a corrupt sense but just for the sheer joy of praising god in art yeah so yeah. i mean i was gonna say this a few minutes ago but i think you just pretty much summed it up right there where if 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 you live the lifestyle of a Christian and your heart is in it and you're, that's just what your, your life is. Um, and you decide to make music, it's going to be a representation of your lifestyle. You yeah, know what absolutely. I mean? If you're out there murdering people every night and carrying, um, you know, illegal weapons on you or whatever, and, and decide to, you know, steal someone's car, the type of music you're, you're going to write is going to be more conducive to, to that, to that genre of sorts. Um, but if you're, if you're, you know, going to church and loving the Lord and you call yourself a Christian and you're acting, acting it out, living yeah, that gonna, life. Your art's going to represent what it's you It's going to reflect it's that. Gonna, and, and art coming back to, I mean, that is, it, I'm one of the things that convinces me the most about God, you know, it, and his existence is music. I mean, in a, in a very tactile, like, okay, so obviously there's beauty everywhere and there's, you know, the mountains. And I know people would disagree and say, oh, it's just a product of evolution and the big bang and all this stuff. But music especially is like, we find pleasing feelings and expression through these tones that we manipulate. And there's a specific structure and a scale and frequencies and distances and math and all this stuff is involved. And we're, as artists, taking them and internalizing them and crafting them and creating. And so it's like, of course, there's creation and that's the whole purpose of it. Like we're crafting music. And so the authenticity that comes from that um, what we do will just it, it comes to the music so if yeah. it's authentic and it's sincere from a sincere believer yes it's Christian music but it's not going to have the cheese factor of hey man we need a <laughs> product placement we need to get yeah. this out to this market and what do they like over there well they like that that yeah. does not work it has to be this is this is the artist we need to invest into this artist this is their perspective they love God they play seven string guitars and love, you know, periphery and have found a way to do that. <laughs> Silent planet. There's a Christian band out there. That I don't know a ton about them, but I've heard their stuff. It's brutal, you know, and there's no cheese in it. I don't hear cheese in it. Heaven you forbid know? a Christian band enjoy a beer though. What? No, heaven forbid. <laughs> yeah, that, that kind for of another day. So, you know, we, we figured it out guys. I think, uh, man, I think it's cool. I, I asked you guys a question earlier about, you know, should, should the Christian music industry go away? Um, and this is just me personally. I do think it should. Um, I, I there are people that definitely have a problem with attaching dollar signs to faith, um, to attaching dollar signs to Jesus, you know. And and uh, it's had me thinking lately. Even this this documentary that's about to come out. Um, that you know, if you go to Justin's Facebook page, you can. <laughs> yeah, you have to go back a while. Learn now. all about it. But but it's it does raise some it raises some valid questions, right? Like uh, in the Bible, Jesus goes into the temple. And in the back of the church, they've set up shop. They're selling Jesus junk. They got the the t-shirts that say Jesus Christ. That looks like it says Coca-Cola. And you know, he, (laughs) he literally was angry. It says he had that shirt. (laughs) He says he turned the tables over. Um, and you know, I, I don't, it's like, should you sell a Bible? Should, should Bibles be for sale or should they be given away? And I'm, that's not what we're talking about. That's not, you know, there is a business uh, to be had. And of course, any, anytime there's a good idea, there's going to be someone else with a way to make it better and bigger. And that that's going to cost money. Sure. Um, and, uh, you know, I, however, I do think that 
Christ, the Christian music industry should disappear because I already what you're finding is bands from the get go. They're not even trying to go into the Christian music industry. They're going straight for just the music industry because it's just music. And you know, there can be songs about God in the music industry. There'd be songs about Buddha in the music industry. There's incubus had a song about the hive. Um, you know, there's just, it's, you can put songs out about what, what you want to put songs out about. So what if there's just a yeah. big music industry? I don't, know and, if, I don't think I'm smart enough to make that kind of, like, I don't know. I mean, I think people are tribal. So there's, you know, Christians will congregate and want to buy music that reflects their values. And so they need a medium to be able to like, Hey, who's, do where do I get it? it? Where do, yeah. How do I find it? How do I get this artwork? You know? Um, so I, I guess my perspective would be that there needs to, it needs to be just done in a sincere way. And the the Coca Cola stuff, I, I've thought about this because that that whole docudrama is just right there, man. It's just up there in the the cortex floating around. <laughs> um, it there are people that don't have the hip sensibilities that the the hipsters from Seattle have, and you know, like in the South, people like Coca Cola, people love Jesus. So if you put Jesus on a Coca-Cola shirt, they'll just see it and be like, yeah, man, you know, and then, sorry, I'm making fun of rednecks a lot. I'm a redneck at heart. Like we, I listen to country music. So when I talk like that, it's endearing. Oh, are you saying that all people who listen to country music? Are yeah, like, I love, oh, I love you guys. So I use that, the country voice all the I'll time. I own it. And I, I own it. I'm a right, I've lived here in, and I lived here for seven years, so I feel like I can I can represent. But um, <laughs> but I've got no, redneck friends, that, all right. That perspective I think would fall <laughs> on the people that are selling. So it's up to you to have ethics. Hey, how about that? And you have to responsibly put out personal artwork. responsibility. You have to take care. Of, political you podcast. have to take oh, care man. of your artists. You have to develop them. You have to not go in and nickel and dime and screw over the people that you're working for. Oh, because yeah, that's that's a principle that Jesus would teach, right? And if you're a good steward, you reap what you sow, you'll have success. And oh, yeah. so like those, those principles all come together. And as far as having that medium, it, for me, it would just be a matter of stewardship. And unfortunately the Christian market, especially in the rock market was stewarded so poorly that we're here right now. Man, yeah. not, not to say that there couldn't be, you know, a new approach and something to come along, but I, I wouldn't want to get rid of the entire industry. Um, but I think that there needs to be a change in the way that it's handled. That's I my perspective. I get both your points. I already made my point clear earlier. It's like, I, I think it should still be around. Now but, we sword fight. And right. here it goes. Can we, we could use the lava lamps and then <laughs> we just sword fight with lava lamps. Whoever's lava lamp breaks first. One of them is the loser. Broken. I just have a lava lamp over there. that doesn't even lava lies anymore. Just <laughs> if we were to break one of those lies. open and grab the gack out and just throw it. I don't think that'd be a good idea do. in here. I think that would be a great idea. I think it's a good idea. We're going to take it to your studio and do it. Let's then, do Jake. it right now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> little nervous here <laughs> well okay i guess you're up to making your own decisions about this uh we want to know what you think yeah tell I us mean, we got a little weighty here go on the the you guys do the the shout out thing and you were talking about that in your last episode where people will respond to something that you said and ask them yeah. on your podcast like, like a week later and later, later, everybody's yeah. scratching their head like man i don't know what that means but <laughs> pajamas in my car yeah <laughs> like we in my so car many tweets and stuff this and last like, week oh of people that's like, right Go and tell us what you think. Should it go away? What, how do you feel about this? Yeah, hit us up on Instagram or Twitter. And, and I'm going to up to Annie. What are your favorite bands that are happening right now? We need there. I had a conversation with Joseph Rojas right now about this because he, he just launched a label. As and a I'm, singer for Seventh Day yeah, Slumber, owner of Rockfest Records. Which is a Christian Records, band. Yeah. The, yeah, the City Rockfest Tour, um, Summer Rockfest Tour. There's a, there's another Rockfest. All or, the Rockfests. Yeah, all the Rockfest. Um, 
and you know, there's, there's something about supporting and being a part of something and seeing people succeed because the more that people succeed at their art and their craft, the more it validates the art form. So that being said, who are your favorite artists right now that are Christian rock or Christian, whatever that are in your opinion, not cheesy that have a great message and are very talented. And did you know there was a Christian music industry at all? Yeah. Did you know about, yeah. Did you know, maybe you didn't know about them, but maybe what are some of the bands that would make you think about that, that maybe you thought were spiritual and didn't really know they had a place. That's good. Hit us up Instagram or Twitter at turned up podcast or yes. facebook.com slash turned up podcast or www. Uh, if you go there, it's not going to take you anywhere. No, nope, but if you just go to three W's dot turned up podcast.com. That'll okay. take you right to our I've been here. watching the office. I've been binge watching the office. Like started Who back hasn't? episode one, season one. Yeah. It's on Netflix. And I just saw the episode where Ryan sets up a blog for Creed. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, something something and then it go, cuts away to the talking head he's like so i just set up a word document and put a fake url at the top and creed just types on it all day all day yeah it's so so funny um that is not what our website is you we actually, actually have it. yeah we actually have content there as well as our new patron um so oh yeah we should probably talk about this yes you can support turned up podcast we have some cool features uh we have some cool gifts for you uh, we'll be posting links about that. Um, help support the podcast. We've got some really cool ideas and some things coming up that we really want to do. Um, and your support uh, can make that happen. Uh, you'll become part of the podcast. Um, and depending on on how much you're able to give, how much you would like to give, uh, anything from actually uh, re- coming and recording on the podcast, being a guest on the show. Um, yeah, like or, stickers and all sorts of stuff. Yeah, so check it out. Um, and then also, uh, we're on the city rock fest tour right now and, uh, go on, um, check it out. Uh, we'll be posting links to that as well. And you'll hear all about it. Um, once we're done here with the podcast, we might actually be podcasting from the road because of our tour schedule. That's right. Yeah. Uh, we'll maybe get some of the other bands on and, and, uh, we know that at least one of the other bands has their own podcast. So maybe we could just podcast together and make that's it right. thing. You can fight over whose ownership, get whose married, podcast is it really? Married. The two- <laughs> Opposing it's a, podcasters it's a pod are war. podcasting together. You could arm a wrestle for whose it is. You could do a super. Maybe you guys could record yourselves and them. I would and lose then... the arm wrestle. Okay. And we, yeah, we're kind of a, a weak podcast. Well, you guys need compared to, to theirs, they have muscles. They're a pretty buff crew. They are. But uh, I think we should probably wrap this one up because we've probably exhausted our time amount on this podcast. There's a million more things we could talk about. This was as long and as weighty as it was. It's still only scratching the surface. Um, oh, yeah. If there's anything we missed, any any fun facts, let us know. Or any um, questions you have about bands that we talked about or bands that we didn't talk about. Like, hey, I've always wondered about this band. We might actually know. We didn't cover a lot of stuff that we do know because uh, A, it was boring or B, we just uh, time constraints. There's so much to get into. Right, we just wanted to thousand and one touch a little bit. rabbit trails to go down with this. But yeah, hit us up on the Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, whatever. Um, MySpace, we don't have one, but you can create one for us and then send a message and maybe we'll find it. At this point, I would say, and uh, well, you would say, Jake, until next, until next time. And then I would say, this is Nashville signing out. And then he would go, peace. But we need to include you in this somehow. Oh. So um, here, add your own thing into this as we do our okay, normal ritual. Give me a ritual. second here. Mm. Tell me when you got it, and then I'll start. I'll kick it off. It'll come naturally, yeah. I think. All right, let's do it. So until next time, this is uh, Nashville signing out. Keep it extra fresh. Peace. <laughs>